I vowed to not continue these messages and to help future generations with messages that were more in alignment, not only with my values, but also with truth. And that meant that I had to be really honest with myself and catch myself when maybe I wouldn't say these things out loud, but I would hear them in my internal dialogue or I would act them out. I don't like to argue, so I say nothing and fume for days. How do I set boundaries without sounding like a jerk? I hate the idea that I might accidentally offend somebody, so sometimes I'd just rather say nothing at all. Harmony in all your relationships. After George Floyd's killing in May of 2020, a lot of people started doing the important work of looking within and uncovering their own implicit biases. I was reflecting on this and what I discovered is that this work started two decades earlier for me and I didn't even know it at the time. I want to make sure you hear me accurately when I say it started. It hasn't finished in any way. In fact, it's become more central to my inner and outer work. So after exploring my own biases for about two decades, I want to share with you in this episode what has helped me, because I have a feeling that it could be useful to you as well, or at least that is my sincere wish. that we all have implicit biases, also known as hidden or unconscious biases, which have to do with the various ways in which we organize patterns of thinking that then impact our behavior at a societal level. These implicit biases are a part of a system of inequity that, according to racialequitytools.com, serve to justify racist policies, practices, and behaviors that persist in mainstream culture and narratives. As you've heard me say before, alchemy or transformation starts within. My work with my hidden biases began by examining my own internal language when it came to issues of racism and intolerance. And right now I'm going to share with you three important things that have helped me then and continue to help me now. Now, before I do that, if you are learning transformative communication tools from the Language Alchemy podcast, please help me reach more people. I want to bring these free tools to as many people as I can, and this will be possible with your support. There are three ways to support me spread the word. One, you can share this podcast with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Two, you can subscribe to the podcast in the podcast platform of your choice, because when you do that, this helps the podcast platform algorithm show the podcast to more people. Or three, if you have subscribed, you can leave a review or a rating of the podcast on the platform of your choice, because again, this also helps the platform algorithm increase visibility of the podcast. Thank you so, so much for your support. 
Now, back to the topic of this episode on how to work with one's hidden or implicit biases related to racism and intolerance. One thing that helped me was to look at the messages I had inherited about me and Black people. And this happened for me because of an experience I had when I was an elementary school teacher in the outskirts of Boston in Massachusetts. In my classroom, I had children from all over the world. These children came from different backgrounds. Some of them were refugees running away from wars. Other students of mine were children of university students who were doing their master's and their PhD in Boston. And some other students in my classroom were there because their parents migrated to the United States for multiple reasons. At one point, I had a kindergarten student, a delightful girl from Greece. She was doing really well and felt at ease in my classroom until a new student arrived. He was a delightful five-year-old boy who came from Nigeria and was black. One day, I asked them to play a word game together. My little Greek student started screaming. I thought she had hurt herself, but that was not the case. She didn't have a lot of English words to explain herself, and mind you, she was in kindergarten, so she was a five-year-old. So I asked for the support of a Greek interpreter and talked to her and her family. That's when I found out that this five-year-old Greek girl was scared of her five-year-old Nigerian classmate because of the color of his skin. At the age of five, she had already assimilated racist messages. So I had a choice. I could try to have them always work with other kids and keep them as separate as possible and pretend that they were getting along, or I could do the hard work of helping her see her Nigerian classmate as an equal and trustworthy human being. I chose the latter, but to do that, I realized I couldn't help my Greek little student confront the racist messages she had received unless I confronted my own. It was then, in the year 2000, that I started looking at the racist messages I had inherited and started the work of noticing how they had impacted me and others. How did I do it? I remember writing a list of two columns. On the heading of the first column, I wrote, I and white people. On the heading of the other column, I wrote, black people. I just let myself write whatever came to mind, and it wasn't long until I found myself tied up in a painful knot. The truth is that I had inherited so many painful messages about black people. I wanted these messages dissolved within me. Just like the words I had just written with my fountain pen were fading on the page because I was crying. I then spent a lot of time looking at this and clearly seeing how these messages were not mine. They were passed down to me. And what's more, these messages were not true. They were lies. I spent a lot of time understanding how untrue they were. I read a lot of articles and books from experts and authors who shared that these messages were not just my families, my communities, or the messages of the society of 
the time or my time. No, these messages have been passed down from generation to generation for centuries. I vowed to not continue these messages and to help future generations with messages that were more in alignment, not only with my values, but also with truth. And that meant that I had to be really honest with myself and catch myself when maybe I wouldn't say these things out loud, but I would hear them in my internal dialogue or I would act them out. Like when I would consider crossing the street if I saw a black man walking towards me. And if you want to know, yes, I did help my five-year-old white student see her five-year-old black classmate as an equal human being. And it did not happen overnight, but it did happen. How do I know? Because some months later, I asked the class to pick a friend to do a special project and they picked each other. Remembering this still moves me to tears. They both gave me a great gift, the gift of understanding that unless we work on the messages we inherited, we just perpetuate them. In another episode, if you're interested and please let me know, I will share with you how I helped these two wonderful kids. Now, if you think, oh no, I'm good, thanks, I'm nice, I'm kind, I'm not racist, I have a meditation practice, I do yoga, I do good for the world, I want you to know that at some point in my life, I thought the same thing until I confronted all these messages that I had inherited and I saw how I was perpetuating pain, discrimination, and oppression unknowingly. The thing is that if you want to live in an equitable world, and I know you do, you have inherited these messages too. One of my teachers, Jennifer Wellwood, says that whatever messages and concepts we inherited, it doesn't matter that they didn't come from us. She usually says, they're yours now. So what do you want to do about it? I know that if you listen to this podcast, you want to bring more peace and harmony, not just to yourself. I know you care about our human family and you don't want to perpetuate racism and pain. So I'm giving you all my encouragement and support to look at your internal dialogue honestly and humbly when you talk to yourself about yourself and when you talk to yourself about our brothers and sisters who are different from you, especially if they're Black. The second thing I've done that's been really helpful for me to work with my internal dialogue and the hidden biases in my unconscious use of language of racism is that every time I caught myself with a kind of internal dialogue that replicated hateful messages in my mind, I would make myself feel the pain these messages cause to the other person and to me. When I realized that one of the messages I had discovered earlier that I had inherited popped up in my head, like, better cross the street now, what I would do is that I would pause and make space for how painful these messages are for the other person because they're now being treated as an other, as a threat, 
as less, as inferior, as someone they are not, and they are receiving this treatment again and again and again. And I would make space for how painful these messages are for me because they keep me separate from my human family, because these messages close my heart. They make me guarded. They make me perpetuate something that I don't want. And they prevent me from really getting to know another precious human being. Now, if allowing yourself to feel the pain of your implicit biases feel like too big of a task for you, I want to tell you that you can do this. When you do this work, what you find on the other side is more connectedness, more capacity, and more love in your heart that then moves you to take skillful actions. And you know what? You don't need to do this all at once. In fact, you can start with small steps, just like I did. An effective good step is to simply imagine that it is the other person, the one who's thinking and saying these things about you. And then really allow yourself to feel that. How would that be if the other person treats you as inferior because that's how they've been taught to treat you? This practice of reversing roles can help you. It can help you be in a place of empathy where you can feel the pain you're causing others who have the same human needs and wishes, the same human aspirations and rights, the same human feelings and the same human longings that you have. And the third thing that's helped me confront my own hidden language of racism and intolerance, and that helps me mature more and more into a sober adult who understands that she's in a world that has built systems and structures that favor white folks and exclude and disadvantage black folks, is to hold myself accountable when I catch myself using language that perpetuates that disparity. How do I hold myself accountable? By communicating this. You've heard me say this before. When we use language skillfully, language has the power to heal. When I realized that my language was not in alignment with my values of equity and equality, I either talked to people I trust, who have also been doing the work themselves, such as Matthew, or I write about it. And if at that particular time when I'm writing about this, I'm a member of a writing group or I go to a meeting, I read this out loud and I out myself. Now, what's important here is to let others know when you communicate this out loud that you are not looking for empathy, that you are looking for accountability. I want the people I trust to help me live and communicate in alignment with my values. And I want to hear them say, yes, Alejandra, that was not in alignment with your values. When you have people in your life who can hold you accountable without making you better or worse, you are able to clearly see that you are a work in progress and that there's still a lot of work to be done. And many times, you are able to bring healing, to repair the harm, and to move into equitable actions. This is how we evolve. And yes, how we use our language 
has the ability to help us evolve. Let's recap what you've heard in this episode. I shared with you about looking into and uncovering your implicit biases around racist and intolerant messages by exploring your internal language. In this episode, I described three things that have helped me uncover the hidden biases in my internal language. Because like all of us, I didn't know what I didn't know. So I started engaging in processes to help me know. And these three things are, number one, exploring the messages I inherited about myself and black folks. Number two, learning to feel the pain these messages cause others and myself. And number three, keeping myself accountable with the support of people I trust. If we really want to have a more tolerant and a more compassionate world for all of us and by us, I'm especially referring to the precious black members of our human family, then we need to do and continue to do the work that's needed to heal or to evolve or both. And this work starts at the most local level, and that is with the language in our internal dialogue. Thank you so much for listening, and a special thanks to my client Cindy for the work she did to uncover the racist messages of her internal dialogue. Until next week, and as we say in Argentina, ciao, ciao. Original music by Gary Lapoe. You can find all links in the show notes at languagealchemy.com. <laughs>